0: You've got a choice we can go down the medication route and you can keep living your normal lifestyle basically (laughs) don't have to change much but these will keep you alive but there is side effects you're going to feel a bit dull and flat we might have to give you more meds but they'll keep you alive but you're not going to feel too good or you can go down the whole food plant-based diet which in many cases okay has been shown to reverse the disease you'll probably get off all your meds or at least really you know get them really down you will look younger you'll get more energy you lose the weight you'll feel good and you'll um, have all this energy and your whole world will change you'll be able to do stuff that you thought you could never do that you could do now but if you go down that route it requires change you have to change what you put in your mouth you have to change how you live your lifestyle but that's hard to do at the start because you're so addicted to the old way so we've got a process in place a program in place that can help you through that.
1: Hello Veggie Mates, welcome back to the Veg Talk Podcast. I'm your host Matthew Davey and you just heard from this week's incredible guest Adam Guthrie. If you're new to the show this podcast is all about bringing new conversations I've had with people from around the world who are in the plant-based and vegan community. This is episode number 37 so if it's your first time listening in I'd highly recommend taking some time to flick back through previous podcasts, there's some absolutely amazing individuals from a wide variety of disciplines to learn from. I hope you're all really, really well. Uh, it's been fantastic to hear your feedback from last week's episode with Osha Ginsberg and to also see some more iTunes ratings and reviews coming in from around the world. The way iTunes works is they break the reviews and charts up by countries. And for the VegTalk podcast to show an average rating rather than nothing, the show needs at least five ratings from listeners in a particular country. In places like Canada, New Zealand, the UK and Germany, where the show is getting listened to more and more, it would be amazing if we can continue to spread the message by adding some ratings and reviews. So if you're listening to the show and enjoying the conversations, please send some stars our way and a few sentences about an episode you enjoyed. It's greatly appreciated and helps the show reach more people around the globe. Now for this week's show with a man who at the age of 39 had a heart attack. Adam Guthrie was a vegetarian at this time in his life and thought he was a pretty regular, relatively healthy man. This event was a defining moment in his life and really sent Adam on a new path into plant-based health and wellness. Lucky to be alive, he turned to food and movement. In a bid to heal his body And what follows is truly incredible I'm stoked to be sharing Adam's story with you today It doesn't matter if it's the 21st of May 2019 or 2025 The power of plant-based foods will be just as relevant And the conversation just as inspiring I hope you enjoy the show And the awesome energy that Adam brings to life I'll chat with you after the show Awesome Awesome well, we're here today in the most, God, it'd be up there with the, one of the most beautiful views we've had for a podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> we're in Jeroa, New South Wales. Um, we're here with Adam Guthrie today, guys. Uh, incredible guy. He's He's got an amazing story and we're about to go into it um, and he's on a an awesome tour of the East Coast. Uh, it's great to have you
0: here, Adam. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's really cool that we got to catch up, you know, I've been on this tour heading south and then back north and you're on this tour heading south and it's so good that we could cross over, you know, in my hometown, which was Bury only five minutes down the road, but this is where I grew up and... It's really nice that we can do it here in my mate's place. Like you said, you guys can't see this, but out there on the other <laughs> side is the Pacific Ocean and it is blue and it's all glass and we're just looking at it. It's amazing. It is beautiful. And it's my friend, friend um, Kent Ladkin's place and Vivian Ladkin's. They own the surf shop in Jerangong, So it's, I've been staying here and they've let us do this podcast here. So it's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, shout out to, to Viv and, um, and
1: Kent. Yep. It's, a, it's a beautiful home. Yep. That swell's gone down a bit. It has. It dropped yeah. a bit, didn't it? Dropped a bit in the last 10 minutes. It'll come back. No, nah, it's really cool. I reached out to Adam on Instagram, guys, and we quickly found out that we were going to be intersecting paths because I, I knew you lived in Byron Bay. And I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for us to just come into Byron and, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> <We> say <laughs> hey to Adam. Adam. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be somewhere on the east coast of New South Wales. And we're <laughs> like, oh, okay, we can hopefully make this work. So really cool to be here um yeah absolutely loving the trip down the coast i think we're going to try and come back and live somewhere around here ourselves one day in the future awesome now that we've seen it where are you going to
0: live man <laughs> i don't know we were just saying
1: we were just saying yamber or lennox head or i yeah. don't know i don't know everywhere we've been is awesome and we i don't know we're getting sucked into every beach that we that we visit so yeah. uh it's going to be a hard decision but hopefully sometime in the future we can do it
0: yeah if you're like me i like the warmth warmth is good up north yeah, it's good, Byron's good, Lennox is good.
1: There seems to be a good, uh, good kind of health um, and wellness kind of vibe up, up that way. A mm. lot of people are active. They're
0: out walking, running, surfing, mm. cycling. Mm. Good that's place to be. Definitely. And that's really interesting you say that because, you know, as you travel around, the research I've done, like one in three Australians are overweight or obese. But you go to these micro communities like I lived in Bali for three years, everyone's lean. Okay? You go to Byron, everyone's lean. You go to Bondi, everyone's lean. But you step out of sight of those micro sort of cultures and all of a sudden you see this one in three people. You walk down the street and two people are overweight or obese and one person is healthy, a healthy weight. It's really bizarre. It's interesting you notice that when you're in those spots. And I don't know what it is in those places that makes people want to be fit and healthy, but they do. And it's pretty cool to hang out in those places, especially if you've got that energy and that vibe in your own mind. It's nice to be a, amongst like-minded people.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. No, you're right. It's the, uh, the environment you're in, is. I think that's half yeah. or more the, yeah. the, the battle. Once, you, know. once you're in that environment and you're hanging out with people and you're seeing people, it just rubs off on you. and you want to you want to join in you want to be a part of it but back to what you were saying before i think it's similar in in the states Mm. you know we lived in boston Mm. and you you hear these stats of obesity and and chronic illness and you look around boston and everyone's running everyone's cycling around the charles river it's uh it's kind of hard to compute same thing we come to australia and Anna's almost in disbelief that those stats are true because, you know, we're in Melbourne, we're in Sydney, we're up in Byron. Mm. Just not seeing it with your own two eyes. But when you do, you know, end up in, in some smaller towns, mainly inland, yeah. I think, yeah. there must be some correlation with the coast and, yeah. and the ocean and, yeah. and, and and being, you know, and being
0: healthier. Everyone's a beach body, mate. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just hanging out for that that summer bod. Yeah, but... um yeah you're right um the stats are are true and i think we'll get back to that in a bit with with your tour and what you're doing Mm. uh right now Mm. but before we go there let's let's head back a little bit into the early days for you and where you grew up what it was like growing up you know what was on the plate what was your mindset around
0: food and and wellness yeah i grew up i grew up you know literally five ten minutes drive from here just a little bit inland called berry and it's beautiful stunning place it was a dairy farming area and we grew up on 25 acres and we had a veggie patch, like my grandfather, who's an old Irishman, and he'd have paddock full of potatoes and every bit of vegetable that was growing. So we actually ate really well when we were young. Um, you know, we just ate out of the veggie patch, and it was a big one. And so Mum, would, we'd have meat and three veg, and we had a cow, and Mum would milk that cow, and we'd drink that milk. And we had some animals on there as well, and I think... A few times they were slaughtered and we ate them. They were in the freezer. But when I was young, I didn't really link up, to, you know, that cruelty to animals to putting it in my mouth. I didn't realise that. But, um, yeah, I was always fit guy, always in a sport, always running. Started surfing when I was 12, played rugby league and cricket and everything, you know. My whole life was activity. I'm a, like that sort of guy that doesn't really like the textbooks too much. I'd rather go and do it. <laughs> so I'm the, you know, even when I do these classes now, I talk more about the practical side. How do you get this food into your mouth? Because you can have all the knowledge in the world, which is important. But if you keep that knowledge there and you actually don't go and put good food into your body, nothing's going to change. <laughs> you just walk around with the knowledge. So I'm the practical guy um, that teaches people how to practically do it but when i was um growing up actually this is really interesting i remember one day my parents bought me an air rifle when i was 10 and i sat on this hill outside the house and there was a little bird just sitting on the fence and i picked up the gun and i went and this bird just went straight onto the ground dead and i remember crying just started to cry and i thought that bird could have been like 10 years old like me (laughs) and i've just taken its whole life away and it could have had this amazing future just like i've got ahead of me and it was gone and i thought that was really sad but i didn't really still then make the connection that you know i was eating you know chops and sausages for dinner (laughs) Um, that that's what was happening so i think from an early age those sort of things led me to become vegetarian Um, another episode that happened to me I used to rear calves um, and show them turn them in I used to have a little breeding stud uh, a a dairy breeding stud we didn't milk cows but I milk for other farmers when I was young and they would pay me in calves not cash and I would get these calves and then I'd rear them and I'd show them and they'd win all these ribbons and then people would want to breed with them and but I remember I had this champion heifer won all these um, championships at these local shows and then she had her first calf and her udder dropped really low to the ground and all the farmers said to me, Adam, you can't breed from her. She's got a defect in her gene. It's dropping the udder. She's no good. You just have to get rid of her. I was young, maybe 12 or something and I went, okay, well, what, you know. So one day a truck came, picked it up, took it away and I said to my dad, where's, you know, the cow going? I can't remember its name now, but I said, where's it going? And he said, oh, they're taking it and it's going to turn into meat. It's going to be butchered. And I went, what? Like, why? Like, it could be just hanging in our paddocks and live a nice old life. He said, well, you know, the farmer said it's no good. You have to just get rid of it. I went, Man, that's so bizarre. So that was another little thing. And then I witnessed also on our farm one day, we had a goat and it got really sick and um, they needed to put it down. And I remember grandfather got a rifle and started shooting it into the forehead. Now, I didn't know this. No one knows this, but a goat, it's got a really hard forehead. So these bullets, like 20 rounds, went through it and it still didn't die. And then... it's really like it affects me even today. And I don't, I've never talked about this publicly, but I saw it. And then my bra- grandfather went and got a sledgehammer and whacked it over the head. And it just, like, it was a mess. And I thought, that's so cruel, you know, we're taking their lives away from these animals. But still, it didn't click that what I was eating, um, you know, was this suffering that was happening. And even if animals are killed humanely, you know, humane thing mm. it's just like you know you walk into a paddock and if you're around animals it's very hard to go cut their throat and they do it in an abattoir but it's still they're fearful they're worried the whole thing so i'm glad yeah. i became vegetarian because of that reason and i think that all led it to it because in my subconscious it was bu- brewing there mm-hmm. yeah i think a couple of couple of
1: seeds there Mm, in your totally in your early life got planted i like the veggie patch yeah i mean (laughs) i I think we we uh, we seriously underrate the power of something as simple as a veggie patch you know kids get to you know get in the dirt grow something from a seed to Mm. to a fruit or a vegetable and then they get to eat it Mm. It makes them feel good Mm. um and there's some some kind of empowerment there where Mm. they get to Mm. you know they they did that Mm. and they can be proud of that Mm. Uh, then on the flip side the yeah the animals i mean that those experiences regardless of whether the connection was made then and there Mm. a brutal experience Mm. especially the goat i mean that's um, it was awful that is horrible yeah and it wasn't
0: a humane way to kill it no but um i'm sure other animals get killed in a different way to that but still it's not a nice way to it's not nice to just take someone's life right and i think that's <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> that's a good that's a good base you can kind of leave it right yeah. there you don't really have to go any further yeah. that's a good way to plan to see for someone else yeah. is it okay to mm. take the life of another sentient being yeah without you know mm. their permission mm. they're obviously not giving that and against their will mm. they're not mm. you know they're not lining up to mm. uh, to be to be killed any any animal that you put in danger will give you some sign that they are in danger, whether it be through, uh, you know, their vocal cords or, you know, their their actions. Uh, totally, They're, they're going to put up some kind of fight.
0: Yeah, no, that's... That that's is, really bizarre uh, we're talking about this because yeah. I never go down this no. path. You pulled that out of me today, man. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we... I mean, I'm glad we went there. It's um, more about health, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's cool to see
1: that... Yeah, somewhere in the past there mm. are these seeds that we can think about and go hey that might have actually had something to do with it, you know, in, into the future. But how how did you go vegetarian? What was the what yeah, was the actual w- impetus in the end?
0: What actually happened with that? I See, I became a chef, and there was a restaurant here in Berry called The Baker and the Bunyip, and back in the 80s, it was one of the best restaurants in the country. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald, good food guide every year with two or three hats, and we were doing paddock to plate back then, you know. Farmers would bring all their produce and put it at the back door. Some would bring in a goat, some would bring in a pig and whatever, and ducks, and we'd make a menu with whatever came to the back door. Every week, and it was French at the time, and that was popular in the eighties. And because we made everything from scratch and we changed this menu every week, I got to learn a lot from some pretty good chefs. So, um yeah, I ate meat all the way through there. My thing was blue steak and rare, food, red, rare steak, and the whole, the whole thing. But then I left that, and I um, went did a little bit of a travel up the coast, and then came back and I had my 21st birthday and my 21st birthday was really a big thing that shifted my entire life in the way I live um I've had two big events that have done it one was a heart attack and the other one was my 21st birthday my 21st birthday had a big party and I I'd been drinking a lot since I was a kid I started binge drinking when I was 12 or 13 since I started high school just about every weekend with a few with mates and um, and something g- happens when you have Irish genes. Okay, I'm half Irish. Now, what I've discovered is this. Okay, there's a gene in the Irish that when you get drunk, you just want to have a really good time and a happy time and have a good crack, as they say in Ireland, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then there's this other gene that, um, that I see in the Irish that, okay, if you get a few drinks under your belt, you want to go and you know, beat somebody up. You, wanna, you just get angry and want to fight. I had that gene in me. So every weekend I'd be in a fight when I was drinking alcohol. And then on my 21st birthday, it ended up into an all-in brawl on my parents' property at their home. You know, I had a really, you know, we came, a really good upbringing, great family, you know, it it was just a middle-class, good moral family. But for some reason I ended up in all these fights. But I ended up in my 21st birthday and I woke up the next day and... Um, I was disgusted with what happened, you know. And I started drinking heavily after that because I was embarrassed and ashamed of what everything I happened and a few other things happened. And I just um, started drinking every day, waking up every night and drinking in the morning, drinking at night. And that went on for about three months. And I remember sitting in... Um, ...a pub in Jamboree, which is near here... Um, ...one night, place is full... ...and I'm just sitting in the corner... ...by myself... ...having a schooner... ...and I started to get really paranoid... ...that every person in this room... ...is looking at me and talking about me... ...and I'm an introvert... ...and when that happens to an introvert... (laughs) ...it's weird, you know... ...it makes you feel really uncomfortable... ...and... ...so I left there... um, ...that night... ...and I thought to myself... I'm either going to die tonight or I'm going to wake up in the morning. And if I do, I need to change my life and my situation. And I woke up. I didn't die, (laughs) which I'm grateful for. And I woke up and this book popped into my head called Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. She was the author, You Can Heal Your Life. And somebody had put that into my mind a few years before. So I thought, I'm going to go get that book today. (laughs) And I went and got the book. And I grabbed the book and I started. I took a month off work and I did all the exercises in it. And she works on your mind and your body and your soul, spirit. And she was talking about a vegetarian diet in there. <clears throat> so I thought, well, I better start with the body because it's not in good shape. I was actually quite overweight from drinking and eating rubbish. And And the book was working on my mind with affirmations. And... I also went and saw a naturopath uh, here in Berry. Her name's Tova. She's a great naturopath. And I said, I'm doing this book. I need, she's talking about the body. Can you help me? She got me onto a vegetarian diet. And we did that. And after a few months, I lost the weight. I felt incredible. I just ate dairy, no eggs and vegetables. And I felt incredible. Lost the weight, felt really good. I went, this is cool. I'll keep going. And then as I started eating that way, I actually started to think about, the compassion side and the pain and suffering that's created and th- that's what made me look even deeper into more spiritual side of eating vegan or vegetarian at the stage and louise hay talked about the spiritual side you know work on your spirit as well so i asked this natural task i said look you know i'm working on the body with you i'm working on the mind with the affirmations but i grew up as a catholic and well that's all i know about spirituality do you know anything else and she said, yeah, there's a whole book of Eastern philosophy out in my waiting room. Just grab any book, read it, and then if you've got any questions, I'll answer them for you. So I picked this book out called Liberation of the Soul. And in there, it talked about karma, the law of cause and effect, you know. So that's, that's the Indian word for law of cause and effect, which is a real law, you know. If you do something, there's an equal opposite reaction. So that's the law of karma. So I thought, well, and they're talking about not eating animals because of karma. You know, you're creating pain and suffering. Pain and suffering is going to come back. And I started to think, and, you know, there's probably not much science in around this, but from a spiritual point of view, you look at that, we're killing the animals, but we're starting to be killed with all these diseases from eating them. I went, Well, maybe that's the effect. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I think, so it is.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, science is important. Yeah. Do not get me wrong.
0: Yeah, I love science. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's um, it, it's key yeah. into, into understanding mm. more about uh, mm. the body, mm. what's good for the body, what's good for longevity and health. But to ignore something like what you've just said,
0: mm.
1: I think it's kind of silly. I think to be open to something like that mm. um, is also important. Mm. Uh, it's a more well-rounded view of veganism or vegetarianism or Mm. life in general by causing the least harm possible less harm will will come back to ourselves so yeah i'm just trying to picture like i don't know what year this is but in you know Mm. what is this like central southern new south wales
0: this was Um, yeah in berry Okay, in so, Bury, where we're sitting here, like five minutes drive <laughs> from where we are, on, yeah. on two hours drive of, south of Sydney, in a little country town, they had about two or three thousand people in it, you know, and, That's I'm, what I'm, and I'm 21 years old, 1993, I think it was, or yeah. nineteen ninety one or two Mm -hmm. that's that's i'm I'm picturing that right now so i mean
1: there are there are people now that think going to a naturopath is woo woo Mm -hmm. it's 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 a bit weird and we're in 2019 (laughs) so anyway i interrupted you i'd love i'd love to hear the rest of this story yeah
0: so i became you know i've been vegetarian i'm reading this book and it's reinforcing it's giving me another reference another belief that this may be a good thing i'm experiencing it with my health and I'm experiencing it with, you know, this book explaining about karma. And I'm sort of picturing what's happening here. And so um, I end up following this Eastern philosophy called Sharat Shabad Yoga, which is a meditation yoga. And um, and I follow that today. It's a couple of, you know, it's a meditation path that we meditate daily. Mm-hmm. And we don't drink any alcohol. And we don't, um, the principles are no alcohol no mind-altering drugs, um, no meat and, you know, a vegetarian diet or vegan diet and uh, just live a moral life, just do good to people. And those three things support our meditation. And then when you see it, it's easier to still the mind and enjoy the benefits of that bliss that comes with that. And um, so I when I started to follow that um, philosophy and practice that yoga, um i just stuck with this because it's been so powerful for me and and, you know for many other people so um that's why i'm vegetarian and i stayed vegetarian um for a long time
1: one quick question what was it like stopping the the alcohol so so for (laughs) you stopping drinking was there (laughs) you know was there a new feeling
0: yeah I had more energy and I had more energy as being a vegetarian too and I felt better and I thought clearer and i didn 't um, i didn 't miss waking up in the morning with those hang- hangovers and the regret of the stuff i 'd done the night before um, it was just so much clearer and i it, and it was hard for me because here I am, 21 years of age, all my mates are drinkers. We're all, you know, we're all having a great time. We surf and then we go out and party at night, you know, as everyone does. And that was a bit odd for me. I think a good thing that helped me with that because I was a chef, so I was working at night and while I was partying and then I'd meet them after and then I'd get smashed for the rest of the night. <laughs> but I think it was easier for me because to step away from that environment because I was working at night. And I just kept working and then I started not going out afterwards and I made the shift. So did that affect any relationships? Yeah, your friends change. You go yep. vegetarian or vegan and you stop drinking. Yeah, it's totally different. But what happens is you start to find people that are on, on the thing. I started you know, going to yoga and there's people in yoga that didn't drink, you know, even back then. So, and you have a different meetup. You know, you go and have a cup of tea, <laughs> <laughs> sit around a bowl of green tea or something instead and so talk philosophy. You know, it's much more interesting <laughs> than invi- just getting yeah. smashed. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Environment starts to change. The, yeah. the food, the, the, the beverages, the conversation, yeah.
0: it all starts to change. All starts to change. No, it's cool. And, I think. And in actual fact, I went backpacking. Uh, after, after i finished this you know it was harder for me here and i thought i got to get out of town so i did i just went backpacking and you meet interesting people even back then backpacking that talk about vegetarianism and they've got a more alternate view even then you know everyone that travels has a different slant on life than people that just stay um, and there's nothing wrong with just staying it's just some people are have a different view when they travel you know it usually attracts people that have got a more spiritually inclined or you know curious about the meaning of life and stuff like that those are usually the people that travel they're searching for sure i think
1: um yeah it's a great way to i don't know at least discover something new yeah you're going to meet new people yeah um it's just that environment change isn't it when it comes down to it you're Consciously getting out of the one you're in, mm. and you're swapping it for a completely new environment, completely new people, mm. ideologies, mm. everything. So it just opened you up to a whole new, whole new world, really. Yeah. Um, so how with with vegetarianism, mm. we can often think about vegetarianism and veganism, just the word itself being healthy. Mm. How did it go from <laughs> from there for you?
0: Okay. Yeah, being vegetarian is not. Healthy, <laughs> it gave me a heart attack. Right. So how did that happen? Was um, yeah, I went travelling, met my wife in the UK. We came back. We opened up a vegetarian cafe, which is half an hour drive from here, Nara, back in nineteen ninety three. And so it was a concept back then in a town that is not open to that. But it was packed every single day. We had queues out the door for lunch every day. It went nuts. We had it for two years. And it was vegetarian. And then we went, um, you know, we hopped in a combi and after we sold it and went north. And then I came back and started working for my parents who had a real estate agency in Bury. And I wanted to join them. And I wanted to get more serious about my life in regards to earning some money, we got kids coming, all that sort of stuff, you know. So I thought we'd do the normal thing. And we did, and I really threw myself into the real estate. Um, I built a nice brand for myself and we did really well from that financially. And in Berry here, in this area, we sold lots of properties here, you know. And um, people would, you know, come to me to market their property because, you know, it was something I loved, and I became really good with it, and word of mouth spread. And but as I was building that career, I got very focused on my career and not my health so much. And I'd work a lot. If you know those that are listening to this, if you've ever been in real estate, you know it doesn't stop. The phone is always—it's like a response job, and you're, it's twenty-four-seven, seven days a week. It's like it just doesn't stop, and you're on the road a lot. So I'd pull into a service station, and you know, I'm vegetarian, so the chocolate bars are there with the dairy milk in it. I go, oh, nicely, yeah. nicely placed at the counter. Yeah, I yeah. grab one of those. <laughs> I grab a packet of chips and my thing was ice coffee moves and dares. And I grab those and I hop in the car and I drink that and eat that, you know, maybe once, twice a day. Every time I'd, you know, pull into one or something. And then for lunch, I'd go to the bakery and I'd go, oh, cream bun, that's vegetarian. I'll grab one of those. Or, yeah, pasty, veggie pasty, I'll grab one of those. And, you know, I ate a lot of healthy things as well, like I ate, like stir fries and lots steamed vegetables and loads of good food. But I also ate a bit of junk. And some nights I'd come home late, 9, 10 o'clock, everyone's in bed. I hadn't eaten, so I'd order a pizza and I'd just eat a big vegetarian pizza. And as I, over the years, I started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you get bigger, I've discovered other people that are big. So I've got a program that teaches people to eat this way, to bring down cholesterol, and they've been having amazing results with it. But I've noticed the bigger people that are in that program, there's depression. And I was getting depressed the more big I got. I think there's a correlation. I don't know the science behind it, but I'm sure if someone looked it up, there would be. And so I'd eat this pizza and then I'd start to get depressed and i watch a movie and then I'd go to the freezer and I'd grab a whole big tub of ice cream and I'd sit and eat the whole ice cream, like watching a movie to one o'clock. And then I'd wake up feeling groggy and I'd do the same again. And as a result of that, over a 10-year period, from th- when I got to 39, I put on, you know, about 35 kilos. I was 110 kilos. Um and
1: i don't know what that is in pounds okay for you guys that's out double there. it yep. basically double it 110
0: yep. uh, so that's 220 odd roughly. pounds yeah yeah 220 230 yep. pounds which is big it's pretty big and you're about it's obese. H- you're about my height so yeah 511 511 yeah so i was in the obese range just mm-hmm. in it and um and then one day okay um my mate, Kent Ladkin, who we're sitting in his house, <laughs> and I was living at Gerringong, the next village over where he's got his surf shop, he rings me one morning and says, Adam, the surf is going off. I'll meet you at Werry Beach car park in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm, go- I'm going, okay, I'll see you soon. And I get down there. Now, I'm big. I hadn't surfed a lot because I was getting bigger and I was working more. I wasn't surfing every day, so I, w- I wasn't fit. But we get there. The car park's full of people. And... No one's in the ocean because it's like 10 to 12 foot. And at Wherry, 10 to 12 foot, that whole bay is covered in water. You know, it's big. And um, he likes big waves. I used to like big waves. <laughs> but now that I was fat and overweight, I'm going, I'm a bit apprehensive for jumping in this water. And, um, but I said to him, I said, mate, let's do it. And he goes, yeah. So we soon up, we jump off the point. A couple of other guys come with us. I paddle into this first wave. And it was a great wave, beautiful wave. I ride it, pull off. And as I pull off, I see on the horizon this set building. And I'm thinking, if I don't get over this set of waves, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. I'm going to be held down. I'm overweight. It's going to be scary. So I paddle, get over the first one. Paddle, 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 get over the second one. Paddle, paddle, just get over this third. And then the fourth one's like a mountain. And I'm paddling up this thing. And just as it starts to curl at the top... I give it everything I have, I punch through, and boom, I get this pain in my chest. And it goes down my left arm into my shoulder blade. And I went, oh, I've pulled a muscle, right? And it didn't go away. And it wasn't so much in my chest. It was just in this shoulder blade and down my left arm. And I went, well, I better go get it checked out um, because I've really pulled something. And I went in, went home, sat down, after having a shower, and as I sat down, it happened. I get this constriction in my chest, like um, you know when someone sits on you, you know, like when you're a kid, the typewriter. I used to hate that. Yeah, yeah. And you know that restriction, that constriction. Well, times that by hundred, man. It's not really that painful. It's constriction. Mm. This in my chest, and I get this nausea, but I couldn't vomit. I'm getting lightheaded. I'm getting this cold sweat. And I'm getting this pain in my shoulder blade and down my left arm. And I'm going, whoa, like I've never experienced anything like this. wonder what this is. So I ring my wife and I said, look, something's wrong. And she said, well, you know, I'm a half an hour away. Grab my mom down the road, go to the hospital. So I did. Went to the hospital with these symptoms. Now, if you ever experience those symptoms, anyone listening to this, if you experience these, don't do what I did. You're having a heart attack. Okay, you're having a heart attack. Ring triple zero, ambulance will come because, and they'll resuscitate you if something happens because 40% of people, only 40% survive, 60% die on that first heart attack. There's no warning. Th- that's it. Boom. I had no signs. I didn't feel, I didn't think I was fat and overweight. I didn't know what was going on inside of my body. I just thought I was normal. um mm. It was like, it was just weird. Yeah, I was a bit bigger, but I didn't think I was sick, you know. I thought, yeah, I'm just a healthy vegetarian. <laughs> what what <laughs> it was weird. What, what range
1: of cholesterol <laughs> were you in
0: the time?
1: Were you getting that checked? When no, you know?
0: um, I, no, because I didn't think I needed to. I never really got sick, even though I was overweight. I was starting to feel uncomfortable. You know, the thing I hated the most... I knew I was a little overweight because I couldn't tie up my shoelaces anymore because my gut was in the way. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. I have to do this weird posture to try and do up my shoes because the gut was too big. <laughs> I love not having the gut now, but um, but yeah, my cholesterol after the heart attack, so, um, was about I think that on meds it was four point five or four point six. That was on meds. I don't know what it was just before. It may have been in the fives. And that was like a couple of weeks after the heart attack. So it was, um, you know, it was in the healthy range. And, but what happened is they put you in the hospital and, you know, they went to put a stint in, do an angiogram. And what happened, a lot of people don't understand this, but a lot of heart attacks happen before you're fully blocked. You see those super fit guys in the gym, boom, gone. You see those lean guys on the bikes cycling, boom gone and they really
1: i think that was my trap when i was like i wasn't i don't think i was in risk of a heart attack i'm 29 now yeah but if i hadn't changed my lifestyle i'm sure i would have been on the track because i'm i'm skinny i've always been skinny and i only ever looked at the external mm. as, as my yeah oh, i'm healthy
0: yeah we don't see the no. inflammation that is causing these diseases inside It's really interesting that in my talks I show a slide of me at 21 and I'm lean, I'm fit, the furthest from having a heart attack in most people's minds, you know. And I show that because sometimes half my room is full of young vegans and they're eating all this processed food that can cause this as well, (laughs) okay. And I show that you think you're invincible but then I show pictures of me at early, late 20s, early 30s and then 39. And this is what happens if you... Um, don't, you know, to eat a whole food plant-based diet um, and eat the vegan junk food or eat lots of dairy as a vegetarian. Um, you put on all this weight, you get sick, and people don't realise this is happening in them. And even when, if you're eating a lot of meat at 21 right now and you look good, you could actually be developing heart disease because what happens is as the plaque starts to build up, just starts to build under the endothelium cells, and you get some thick blood run across it or you overexert. The endothelium cells are a bit weak and they tear. And it, f- and it tears inside woolly artery and this little flap happens. And then a, bi- a blood clot forms to try and heal that cut. And it stops the blood flow and you have a heart attack. That's what happens to all these young people that look lean. That it, happened to, it?
1: Um, it happened to one of the,
0: the biggest loser the trainers biggest loser trainer. yeah.
1: uh, in America. He was on a treadmill and you know from the outside ripped Mm. shredded Mm. he's on the treadmill Mm. only reason he's alive today the bloke next to him on the treadmill was a doctor wow yeah there you go only reason yeah and wild.
0: now he can tell the story he's changed the whole food and plant based he's, he's eating whole food plant based now <laughs> awesome you know because that that's yeah. been really effective in helping people reverse heart disease and diabetes type 2 diabetes and autoimmune diseases respond extremely well yep. you know i've got a program we've got people in there in 18 months you know you unbelievable the change in their life but in four weeks a lot of their doctors are halving their medications and reducing stuff after four weeks. No, it's, it's unbelievable how quick it works. The most powerful intervention
1: for you mm. know heart disease, mm. obesity, mm. type 2 diabetes mm. that we know of. Mm. Uh, it's just not getting the attention. Yeah. Uh, that's why we need blokes like you and that's why I'm talking to you. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> no, seriously, because it's taking people like yourself to get out there, mm. get in your car Mm. And drive from Byron Byron to Melbourne and back. Yeah. You know? Um, so and I think that's yeah, really, really important. Just a couple of things I want to mm. um check on is triple zero is nine one one for the American business. <laughs> ah, good. <laughs> and four point five healthy range, there is I understand there's a difference in the the, the reading of cholesterol between Australia and America. So You've done a bit of reading on Coldwell, Esselstyn, and stuff. I'm gonna guess it's somewhere like between 160 and 180.
0: Yeah, in America, you want to have well that help. That healthy the, the, the range. The healthy range, I'm not <laughs> sure what it is in America, but in Australia here at the moment, and it's not really the healthy range, it's actually the average mm-hmm. of the people that have had blood tests done with their cholesterol. Yep. So as the population gets sicker and cholesterol goes up, that that range moves. And when I had the heart attack, it was two point five to five point five. Last year when I got my bloods done, it was three point nine to five point nine. Wild wild because we're getting sicker
1: you know everyone's having their heart attacks in that healthy range because the average is going up
0: totally and corbill esselstyn says in his work that he calls it heart attack proof in america it's under 150 you want to get your total cholesterol under that and hardly anyone's had a heart attack under that in australia that's 3.9 and all the Um, cardiologists and all the doctors want to get you under 3.9 if you've had a heart attack and they can do that really easily with meds. It works and I'm not against meds. They will save your life. The only thing I'm concerned about is if you have to keep taking them and you don't feel too good when there's another alternative that actually can reverse it.
1: So, speaking of meds, so yeah. you've you've had a heart attack, you're in hospital. Yeah. Did they have to do any
0: operation or no, anything? No. They did the angiogram. Yep. They were going to put a stint in to hold the flap up. Yep. But because it was so low in the heart, they couldn't fit it in. Okay. So, I don't have a, one of these in my heart. But I left the hospital. They give you five meds and you take them. And I took them religiously. And it's really important you do because, you know, the chances of having another heart attack after you've had your first is high. And... The stats are you don't make the second one. Why is that? Why is it high? Because you've already got the damage there. So you, you want to make sure you keep the blood thin so it keeps flowing through you and you don't want to clog up the artery to have a heart attack. You don't want to do that. So and do
1: people usually go back to the same
0: way of lifestyle?
1: Is that With the drugs, you still can. You can? <laughs>
0: well, they do. You know, yeah. People still do it and they take the drugs and they're still alive, but they don't feel good. Okay. Okay. But this is why I'm actually on the road. I wasn't given that choice. I was told I was going to be on the meds for the rest of my life.
1: Scary prospect. At, okay. And I 39. didn't feel good
0: after a month of after a month of being on these. I went to back to my cardiologist. You've got to have a checkup, and he, I said, mate, I don't feel too good. Like I feel really flat. I've lost my mojo. You know, my energy's gone. I just don't feel good. Mm. And he said, Adam, there's side effects, but I got to tell you, you're going to be on them for the rest of your life. So you need to get used to it. And I said, I don't think so. I don't want to live like this. <laughs> and he goes, man. And he said, well, Adam, look, you still need to take them. Maybe later we can give you some other medications that will overcome those side effects to give you more of a lift. Because I said, like, I'm an enthusiastic guy. I can't get my enthusiasm up. It just won't come. And well, he and I bantered for a bit. But I left there and I came home. And I'd been reading the China study, that book, On the Couch. And that started making me thinking, well, maybe this dairy's got something to do with and the junk food I've been doing. And I come home and I Google how to reverse heart disease with food. Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn came up, Michael Clapper came up, John McDougal came up, Dean Ornish came up, um, Joel Furman came up. All these plant-based doctors came up that had been treating patients for 25 years with a whole food plant-based diet and getting people off meds and reversing heart disease. I went, Whoa. And then I looked into it and I went, I'm a chef. I can actually do that. And I've only got to get rid of the dairy and the junk food because that's the only thing I've been eating. So I'm going to do it. And I did. Within six months, I'm off all meds. And it's nine and a half years later. And I don't have to take, still don't have to take them. My cholesterol now is 3.6 under 3.9, which is heart attack proof. Not with meds, just with food. It's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you just go about your daily life. There's yeah. no, there's no medical intervention and you get to eat tasty food as well. But yeah, totally. um, yeah it's, I mean, I just can't think, I, I, I've i never been in that position, but I can't really imagine being told what it's like to be on medication for the rest of your life. Like at 39, yeah, you'd be hoping to live, you know, at that point, I don't know. I used to think well into my eighties was like a good innings.
0: Yeah. And it is a good innings. And
1: it's, it's a long time to be doing that every single day. And then secondly, to go home and Google cure heart disease with food. That's such a interesting Google search again at that time. Um, Really cool. I don't know what popped into your head, but it's almost like destiny that you were going to go home and type that in, yeah. And then you're a chef. Hmm. So how did it play out for you as a chef? Did you like start experimenting with
0: with cooking recipes and yeah? So then what I did, I started look at the things that I like liked and switch those to whole food plant-based. And I looked at what other people were doing back then, and there wasn't as much. It was more the hippie earthy type food. Now, it's really, you know, you can make some amazing plant-based food now. But, um, you know, so I just switched. You know, I like pizza, so I switched it. I just had, you know, pizza base without oil and, you know, lots of veggies on top and and cashew sour cream. I started making cashew sour cream, you know, cashew... Um, with just soaking cashews overnight with uh, and then draining it putting it in a blender with some water and lemon juice and salt and just pureeing it to a smooth paste and i dropped that on like mozzarella and i put it into the oven super good man so i did that <laughs> and you know i started eating more um, legumes like dal's and curries and without the coconut milk and um you know more stir fries without oil because one of the things is oil you know it's a, it's not a whole food everyone thinks that oil is um you know good for us and there's arguments but the plant-based community and the plant-based doctors that i follow that i learned from to actually help reverse this disease they say don't touch the oil because it's not a whole food it's an isolate and it actually can damage and create inflammation in your uh, on your endothelium cells the cells that line the inside wall of your arteries so i stopped it i cut it out but then i'm going well how how do i get the depth of flavor that you get from cooking onions in oil because you know back then they say saute with water so you know i got water in the pan i throw them in and like you do put oil in the pan and you throw the onions in well the water's in the pan i throw the onions in but they're just steaming they're not going brown (laughs) okay (laughs) so i go hmm how can i do this so i get depth of flavor so what happens if i just heat the pot whether it's stainless steel or a wok or a barbecue doesn't matter what happens if i just heat it hot and then just add the onions and just start stir frying you know sauteing (laughs) so i did one day and they start to caramelize the sugars start to brown and they get depth of flavor and i'm going whoa like now i can cook food like I'm cooking with oil, but without it. So now I teach people how to do that. And you get super good depth of flavor. And then you add a little bit of stock or water to deglaze the pan, to take those, you know, those sugars that are caramelized onto the bottom of the pan off and give you more flavor. It's amazing.
1: No, it's, um, it's definitely been a learning curve for us. Um, just changing what you used to. Yeah. There's, I mean, great resources out there now. Um, my go-tos are usually forks over knives, engine two, um all those doctors have cookbooks as well michael yeah. Greger, yeah. um how not to die has a has a cookbook as well and you learn a ton and my mum just downloaded the i feel good ah oh, uh, app Al, so Al i was like yeah mom you magazine go, each week go check out i feel good.com.au and oh, oh adam's got an app
0: yeah
1: i was like yeah beautiful go and download it and yeah she's looking at some like it was a pie of some sort yeah the it's latest like, oh, one. Oh, yeah. oh I'm going to cook this one again it's home. all whole food paste. Yeah,
0: the pastry no oil in it no butters it's amazing
1: oh it's beautiful
0: yeah and actually while we're on that if you if anyone's listening to this and you want to give them a free 12 month subscription feel free just tell them to send it to my website and they can just I'll give you a link alright and they can just um, get the code and they can put it in they get 12 months hope your mum's got that if that, not we'll give her a, <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you mate yeah
1: uh guys listening we'll definitely we'll sort that out um on on the instagram and we'll have a we'll have a website soon as well so we'll, we'll have it there for you to yeah check out the site and get yeah. get 12 months free
0: that's yeah. thank you for that man My that's pleasure. i appreciate that and it's published weekly we do a meal plan every week five weeknight meals with the shopping list and the um and a prep list and then we do interviews in there. I interview inspiring oh, people like you do with the podcast. <laughs> and um, I we all the plant-based doctors, their videos and articles and stuff, um, we use those into the magazine. It's an amazing resource. It's Beautiful. And man. it's a little snippet each week, you know. Yeah, just to continue that
1: learning. Yeah. It's really important. Build on the skills. Yeah. Um, and you're going to love the lifestyle a whole lot more when you've got those skills in the kitchen. I think it's empowering. I think it's... Um, yeah. It's nearly the most important part for me. and It becomes the most enjoyable part as well when you make a really delicious meal that's, you know, no oil, fully plant-based and it feels good and you feel good afterwards.
0: Totally. And it it is, and actually you just hit the nail on the head. It is the most important part. It's the food that you make, that you put into your mouth, makes everything change. It's the thing that creates either pain and suffering in your body. Like every day we pick up food with this hand. And we've got a choice every day. We can pick up food and put it in our mouth that damages the body. It also puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the environment. And it also creates pain and suffering. That is the way most people are eating today, just the Western diet. However, we can do what you just talked about. We can go into a kitchen pick or a restaurant <laughs> and pick up food with that hand, same hand, three times a day and put in our body that heals the body or prevents disease, that actually puts the least amount of pr- pressure on the environment and creates no, no harm, just love. <laughs> like, it's incredible. But it only happens when you put it in your mouth. Right. Yeah, you can't so miss. The, you can't <laughs> miss, man. Just do it. Yeah, Eat, eat plants, guys. Eat plants. Why? <laughs> uh, it, it,
1: it does, because I've been, in, the, I've been in, in that boat where, you know, refused to do it right before i was vegan Mm, just you know put the barrier
0: up refuse um we yeah it's an easy it's an easy one when we get there yeah and it's difficult at the start you know and you know i i'm actually a big believer i'm you know i'm talking pro-vegan here right now but i'm actually a big believer in that the human right of choice I actually believe it's a human right that we can choose to eat whatever we want or do whatever we want, as long as it, you know, is not illegal sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, but I have, you know, so if someone chooses to eat meat, I think, well, that's your right, and you have a right to do that. I have no issue with that because I used to eat it, <laughs> right? And I just, and but I've got the choice too, and I've made the choice to eat plants. And that's cool for me. It's worked well for me. It's worked well for a lot of other people. So I have no judgment if someone's eating meat because always, I was doing the same thing. Um, and I think that's a human right to choose. I really feel sad that they do choose to eat it because I know what it's doing to their body and I know what it's doing to the environment and to the animals. But they have the right to do that. And that's cool. That's their vibe. One day they might come across and choose to eat plants. If they do, that'll be really good. <laughs> exactly. No, I think right. it's... Through,
1: you know, through the angry vegan stage to the, you know, to the stage of just letting people kind of go about their own, yeah. their own way, um, the leading by example way of life mm. is, I think it's much more welcoming. Yeah. You widen the circle. You, you, let, you let more people in. Stay away from the perfectionism. Let more people <laughs> in and,
0: you know, let them, let
1: them experiment. Let, let them get there because yeah. they will.
0: You know, the first question that everyone asks, okay, you know, we get it, you get it, where do you get your protein? You know, and a lot of us that have been around a long time go, oh my God, not that question again. <laughs> but you know what? I get super excited when people ask that question because that's the very first question everybody asks when they start the journey.
1: First seed you get to plant for someone.
0: Yeah. And it's, but the, in their mind, even more so, is that they're actually starting to contemplate. Yeah. That's the first question that comes up when you start to contemplate. And, you know, that's done to dip their toe in the water just from that question. So, you know, I think it's really important to answer, give that question respect and give a, a decent answer. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It can be tough for some people to field that question over and over mm. again. Mm. You've just got to remember it could be the first time they're hearing it. Totally. Might we always got to take it. It might be that. the 200th time you're hearing it, yeah. but it's going to be the first yeah. time that they're hearing it. And then the next question is probably going to be calcium
0: yeah (laughs) you're right (laughs) and then the one after that is is probably going to be iron yep and again
1: just do your best give them a you know a frank answer and um and let them then they'll go and research it then they'll probably go and fact check you uh, check you and and totally send them to
0: send them to watch forks over knives send them to watch uh, to michael gregor's site you know um nutritionalfacts.org. There's a lot of good science there and evidence-based information there. Send them to, um, to uh, um, Plant Proof, you know, totally. with Simon Hill. Yeah. He's got a heap of evidence-based stuff there. He's got Absolutely. all the science.
1: He'll send you in the right spot. No, he's doing amazing, yeah. amazing work. I'm sure most of the guys that listen to this yeah. have probably listened to a few episodes uh, of Simon's podcast as well because yeah. he's got uh, some amazing guests. Hope to have him on in the future. Yeah, he's a great guy. So... You know, coming out of that and, and learning about the food, what was, what was next for you? I suppose you've, again, you've got a new world here.
0: Yeah, well, what was next? I started to lose weight. And um, when you have a heart attack, you're very vulnerable and you're very scared to walk in case you're going to have another one. That's what you think. In actual fact, I did a class here last night in Gerringong and a lady had a heart attack eight weeks ago. And I was describing all the symptoms and the emotion and she's just going, like mm. the fear to walk and everything but i w- went to the they have a rehab thing to teach you to recover from a heart attack and it was good in the fact that it taught me to gave me the confidence to go walk so i started walking walked down the road come back walk and i started to get a little bit fitter a bit confident i could go around the block and then someone told me about an app called couch to five k's <laughs> it's really good and so i started doing this and within like three or four months i went from that couch when i was still overweight to a guy that was still overweight but could run five k's and i went whoa you know and then i just got interested in moving my body when you eat well and you start to move you know you just want to keep doing things that make you feel good so a few years later after i got a little bit fitter my wife said i'm going to buy you a bike a push bike okay great so i went around to the local bike shop in berry bought a bike off Paul, and um, they rode on Saturday mornings with everybody, a bike ride. Um, so there's about, you know, 20 of us, and we'd all cycle for 50 k's. And we'd come back, and we'd have a coffee. Afterwards, sitting having coffee, I sitting next to a guy, and he says, Adam, a few of us are training for an Ironman. Um, we're going for a swim on Monday morning. Would you like to join us for a swim? I think, yeah, cool. That was my, one of my sports when I was a kid. i would come swimming. So we go down there. I swim. We get out. He's driving me home and he turn, I was telling him that I'd had a heart attack three years ago and I got off all meds and, you know, I'm feeling really good and lost at that stage about 20 kilos. I hadn't lost a full 33 kilos by then, but I lost 20 kilos. And he turns to me and said, what, you're off meds and you had a heart attack? That's quite unusual. And I said, yeah. And I said, why do you question that? <laughs> he goes, I'm a doctor and i went really he goes yeah i'm a gp and um that's quite unique and so we had a chat for a bit and we're driving along and then he turns to me i've just had an idea it'll be super t- cool to take you from mi myocardial infarction which is heart attack to im iron man and i went what <laughs> really he's going yeah, yeah like i'm a doctor i've done eight iron i could train you to do it adam and I'm thinking in my head I'm pictured back to when I was a kid watching the Iron Man on TV and even marathons thinking I'm a fit guy but that's insane like I could never do that I believed I could never do it and I'm thinking he's a doctor saying he could take me from a heart attack to Iron Man that's not going to come around very often <laughs> probably never again in my life I'm going to grab it with both hands and run with it so we did and we trained and we trained and we trained for 2 years and got me fit enough and we did Cairns Ironman 2015 and we start the race and in the swim, good swim, got out. For those that don't know what an Ironman is, it's 3.8 kilometre swim followed by a 180 kilometre bike ride and then off the bike, run a marathon 42Ks and you've got 17 hours to do it. Pros do it in eight, it's insane. You know, fit guys do it 10 to 12. Um, I don't know what the conversion is in America for you guys. I'm, but I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible at the conversions. You Put in the show notes. But, um, but it's a bloody long way. Anyway, have the swim. I get out of the water just over an hour, about an hour and three or four minutes, which is a nice swim. Get on the bike. Do this bike ride, the 180 k's from Cairns to Port Douglas and back. Beautiful, beautiful scenery along that coast. I do it in six and a half hours, right on training time. We train to that. And I was on... My goal was to do it in 12 and a half hours. And I knew if I came in on those two numbers, I'd be good for the run. So I start to run, feeling proud of myself that I'm in, <laughs> in this state. And then all of a sudden, I get these cramps in my gut, like severe cramps in my gut. And I'm bent over and I see the port-a-loo there. And I go to the port-a-loo and I can't relieve anything. Like, I'm in so much pain. And I was in there for about 20 minutes. I come out, nothing's been relieved. And I start like, cramped you know sort of hobbled over walking up i'm still in the runway here like you know with the with the barriers i'm looking at a way i'm going i'm out i've got a bail i can't do and i can't go 42 days long way long way and i'm like how do i get out of these rails and as i'm looking i see my mate paul who sold me the push bike in berry he'd done the half marathon and he was on the sideline as a cheer squad afterwards and he sees me and goes what's up i like, mate i've got these cramps i'm having a bail like, you know i can't do it and he goes adam this has been two years in the making like you've only got 42 k's to go <laughs> just just sit down man just sit down relax it will come good and then he looks at his phone and he goes adam i've done the numbers you can walk the 42 k's and you're coming under 17 hours and you'll be an I man so just chill so I chilled I sat there for about half an hour 45 minutes and then it started to come good and I started to run again and I ran to the last eight k's and then I walked the last eight k's because every part of me was cramping and was aching but then I get to the chute right and you can't walk down the chute <laughs> so no. like I'm running down the chute <laughs> high-fiving and I cross that finish line arms in the air at one at um, 14 hours and 13 minutes and 40 seconds or something what was really cool the guy who trained me dr jonathan hall was standing at the end with a towel and i fall into him i just burst into tears because i was so overwhelmed and filled with so much gratitude that this guy took the time to actually train all these hours with me every single day to help me do this like who would do that and I just felt so overwhelmed with gratitude and he's an incredible guy. He's actually shifted his practice the way because he went and looked at all this science and he's going, this is amazing. And he takes now people through, um, you know, that have the diseases. He takes them, he teaches them how to eat this way as well as looks after them medically through his practice. He's really shifted it and he's healing people. He rang me one day and said, Adam, I just took someone off the heaviest diabetic medications that you can have she's had it for like eight or ten years and i've been working with her and finally got her to eat the food and i just took her off he said i feel like i'm now a real doctor after 30 years i actually healed someone
1: the feeling must he's amazing man phenomenal yeah and just seeing the
0: amazing man
1: yeah the way you you can impact someone's life Mm. by just Mm.
0: he totally transformed my world yeah. And he took the time. He's a great doctor. He's patient.
1: <laughs> what, what, what did that Ironman teach you? Did, it, did you come, with, come away with any, mm. any lessons? Yeah,
0: great question, man. Um, these are the things I learned in doing that, especially doing the training, was patience and persistence because you spend a lot of time on that bike and you've got to wake up every day. What I learned is you ne- if I had to do it myself, I wouldn't have done it. You need a team you need support someone to knock on your door or you have to show up at someone else's house to get on the and keep training especially where you came from an overweight person like me you're not used to moving your body you know you're a lazy bugger really (laughs) um and you eat a lot and you don't move much that's how you get big (laughs) and um but i learned that in the training and then in the race what i learned was the same thing we can't do it alone Like, if Paul wasn't on the sideline, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I would have bailed. I would have quit. And I think a lot of people in life, I did anyway, you get things get tough and you quit. What I've learned now through this, that number one, it's important to have a team and support people when things get tough, they can help you get perspective again and keep you heading towards that vision. And that's the biggest lesson I learned out of it. Have support, have team, learn patience and persistence and just hold that vision and keep going and even my mate ken who owns a surf shop you know he i learned so much from him like he's a really good business guy and he you know he's taught me to hold the vision no matter how th- bad things or tough things get in any situation even in business if you hold the vision and you keep moving and you breathe through it he's a yogi too he, you breathe through it um you can keep going rather than quitting and in actual fact you can most people quit just before the result happens Mm. right and that's when it can get the most tough just before it's finished and you blow it and you walk away rather than taking the next step and you take the next step hold the vision keep going towards it and it usually works out has in my experience anyway and that's what i've learned from the iron man
1: so you've learned to to take the hits i suppose yeah along the way yeah but to keep the vision
0: yep. so you keep right in, in front of you. Right in front of you and have a support team around you that even if you can't see the vision, they can support you to bring it back. And you can't do it on your own. That's yep. what I've learned. You can't do it on your own. No, it's Nothing in important. life you can do on your own.
1: Super important. The days where you are, because you're going to get down. There's there's yep. there's definitely Don't days where you're, where you're having a bit of a stinker. And that's definitely when I turn to to you, Anna. And she's always, always, (laughs) always there to give that new perspective. You need a new set of eyes on the situation and then, you know, you kind of come around to that idea Totally, and you can continue to to move forward. It's cool there's takeaways from something like a huge endurance event and you can apply it to, you know, the rest of your life. Totally. Spot on. And that's what
0: I do now, you know. No, it's, it's really amazing cool. so one of the things you know i never really had a big strong support network around me with things and now i've learned to you know be more collaborative and incorporate more people because you know you just can't do things on your own yeah agree
1: agree it's mm. um yeah really really important yeah. so finding your tribe getting your you know building your network mm. um just yeah. as important as and the, it's the route you're going to take with the, the food
0: Totally, and it's the same with the food. When people start to eat this way, what happens is you'll st- do it for a bit and you'll drop the ball. Okay? Yep. Yep. And most things, like what I use the analogy, what happens when you are in a sports game that involves a ball <laughs> yep. and holding a ball? When you drop the ball, what do you do? You pick it back up. You again. pick it up and keep running towards the try line. That's what you do in sport. But in life, when we start to eat this way, you go vegan or whole food plant based. Mm-hmm. We can go down that path and we drop the ball and we go whoa you know, i can't play this game anymore and you bail and go back to the old habit what i've discovered is is if you get yourself around a community of like-minded people that are eating this way when you drop that ball they can actually help you pick it back up and what i've learned through my program people do this they go like this they drop the ball we got an amazing support group that brings it back on and it keeps going like this and that's why i've made the program a year now instead of four weeks because this change this is a natural thing in change it even happened to me in the iron man i go hard and then i drop off and then i would come back and you just keep moving up the up the ladder and you just get becomes a habit and once the habit gets in it's you got it for life you're just changing the habit
1: that's awesome you've been able to to see that from the program mm. and and adapt the program to yeah. to suit people's needs. Yeah. One thing I want to get into with support networks is family.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what's it been like along the road mm. with um with your wife and kids? How how has it changed your life uh, at home with the family?
0: Yeah, well um my wife, when I met her in the UK, she was on her journey to be vegetarian. And then she met me, a vegetarian chef, and she's English. And she's going, great, I've got a vegetarian husband, you know, a <laughs> boyfriend. So I don't have to cook and, you know, I'm on the vegetarian journey. So her and I, we've always been vegetarian. She has and I have. And our kids, you know, um, my three kids, James, who's 28 now with his son. I've got a daughter who's 22, Rose, and she's got um, a half Balinese Um, son who's four now and um then there's lily who's just turned 18 um rose james didn't live with us uh, his whole life he lived with his mum so he's and so he didn't really do the vegetarian thing but our two daughters rose and lily they grew up vegetarian eating you know just vegetables and dairy and when so it wasn't they just ate walked around the house with broccoli in their hands. If the thing is if you start kids out with fresh vegetables, they like them their whole lot you know. It's only when you give them the other stuff and start giving them processed foods and things that they get a taste for it. But at school, when they're at school, you know when they're younger, we didn't worry. We just said, look, you know, um we tell the school that they're vegetarian and that was all sorted. But we didn't worry if they went and ate you know, one of those sausage rolls by mistake or whatever. But in actual fact, they would end up going to school when they got older and say, "I don't eat meat," and they would wouldn't eat it. Um, they've eaten meat, um, but was, as they got in their teens, as everyone does, and they eat junk and you know you can't stop kids doing that stuff.
1: It's just social circles. Yeah. You know, kids want to fit in yeah. at the end of the day, and um, you're yeah. not gonna
0: you're not <laughs> gonna pressure
1: them to again that perfection thing it can can be a hindrance totally so letting them live i'm sure that was what you found
0: so we did and then they came back around you know they came back around and lily you know she's vegan for a few months and then she goes back to vegetarian for a month (laughs) and you know she's in and out of this and rose my daughter she's vegetarian they've chosen to like we haven't forced it they can you know we have a household that just doesn't have meat in it you know they want a bit of dairy if they do we will say you girls buy it and there's your little thing in the sh- fridge it's your human right if you want to do that you're old enough you can choose what you want to do but the only rule we have here we don't have any meat in the house if you want to have your little dairy we'll allow that that's it yep. and i prefer it not to be there really but you know you got to keep the peace and yes, the i teach choice. people this i teach people that you don't force this onto your family members you can go whole food plant-based and vegan on your own and still have your family easily do it one of the things i teach is that the way you do it is you make the vegan meal like it could be a casserole it could be a curry it could be a big salad could be soups whatever it could be those sort of things you bake that big pot of it or that big bowl of it you put it on the dinner table that's the vegetable dish for the night and most of the family will eat vegetables okay then what you do you either get the ones that eat meat go and grill it off or if you can still tolerate touching it you cook the meat off for them and you just put that on the table you take your vegan dish and eat it they take the vegan dish that they think they call vegetables <laughs> and um, and they take their bit of meat. And if it's curry, they chop it up and put it in. And they're happy, you're happy. But what you'll find happening, and this is what I've found with people that I've taught it to, over time, their husbands, their wives, their kids that they want to eat this way, start just eating the vegetable dish and eat less and less meat because they start to feel better because they're eating more veggies.
1: Yeah, we keep taking like... Um you know vegan options to to family gatherings or f- you know f- gatherings with our friends and like oh I wonder if it'll I wonder if it'll go I wonder <laughs> if they'll eat it. It's always the first thing that goes and you're kind of pissed because <laughs> you, you, you brought it you brought it for yourself in a you know, in a way. Yeah. But then the other half is like no no you, you've got to be stoked with that that they're that they're choosing that on their own.
0: Yeah, and it looks so vibrant, right? Yeah. It looks alive. It's Appealing. It's appealing. It's just. Good on you, man. No, no, it's <laughs> good. I, I, I totally agree.
1: Another yeah. thing I, I want to bring up is the 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 opportunity you got with your family mm. to move countries mm. for for a short period of time. How did that come up? You know, why and um, what was the outcome?
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I it comes back to the Iron Man. I did the 2015 Ironman, but we were actually booked into the 2014. It was paid for, accommodation was done, everything. And three months out, I actually tore the tendon that joins my hamstring to my knee, and I was out. I couldn't walk, you know. And so, but we'd booked. So I took my daughter, Rose, my oldest daughter, and her and I went to um, I went to the watch all, all my mates do the Ironman. And I'm actually glad I went and did that because I had no idea what I was getting in for. It was so long. <laughs> and the day was huge. I'm going, Adam, you weren't ready. This is like a godsend that this happened because you would have never have done it. But Rose, my daughter, was hounding me. We were, I think we spent a week or two up there. And she's e- every day she's going, Dad, I, I want to drop out of school. I'm not going on to do my HSC. Uh, I just want to go live in Bali. I'm going, well, sweetie. <laughs> You're not dropping out of school, <laughs> and we're not going to live in Bali. <laughs> because we used to go there for holidays. She loved it. And, I, and But every day she'd be on me and on me and on me. and I was getting annoyed with it. And anyway, we came home, and we walked in the front door. And my wife, Ru, is sitting on the dining table with a laptop. And we walk in. She turns to Rose and says, Rose, I found this amazing school, and I want you to go to it. And she goes, I'm not going to any other school. I've told Dad I'm dropping out. I don't want to do school anymore. I hate school. And then she turns and says, it's in Bali. And I get, because Rose is hounding me, like, Bali, quit school. Bali, quit school. And here's Ruth going, it's in Bali. And I get these goosebumps, like literally, up my spine and in my arms. And every time that happens to me, I listen (laughs) because I think it's something telling me. And... Rose goes, oh, I could be interested in that. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys hadn't spoken? I hadn't told her a word. I hadn't told Rue, my wife, Rose hounding me. Not one word. Not spoken. That's why it was freaky. Yeah. Okay. And like, whoa. And so I thought, I listened to that intuition and that goosebump, And I said, Rue, I said, let's go. This is what just the experience that happened. You don't know about Rose telling me this or week up here and then you just do this like this is weird and i just got goosebumps when I, i'm still getting them right now mm. and so i said let's go to bali for a week or two weeks and just check it out so we did we went over for holiday checked out the green school and the green school that those that don't know about it it's like the greenest school on the planet and it's been branded that and it's a, an environmental school that teaches people uh, kids how to take um, how to look after environment, but even make environmental products that are going to be more sustainable. It's an entrepreneurial school that around in, um, environmental aspects. And it's incredible. It's in the middle of the jungle in Bali. It's made out of bamboo. It is has won all these architecture awards. Just Google it. It's incredible. Will do. And if you ever get the chance, go and do a tour. They do tours there every day. We were just in Bali, so we missed that. You missed that we we one. missed that. Next but, yeah, time, next yeah, yeah. time. But what they do with the kids, though, they teach by doing. So they'll look at, they okay, okay, kids, let's go outside and let's, um, I'm going to teach you English, maths, and science and everything else. But we're not going to sit in the classroom and do it. We're going to go build a bamboo structure. A hut, <laughs> for example. You know, that's the sort of thing they do. And the kids love it. Like I had a, my daughter. Rose going, I hate school. Don't want to go to school. To being going to this school where, Dad, hurry up and get me to school. I can't wait to get to school. Like, come on, Dad. I've got to get to school. And then come home and going, yeah. You have no idea what we learned. You know, like, so enthusiastic about school. That's what this school did to our kids. And my daughter Rose, who's got an amazing voice, she would like, hid that voice. When she was in high school, something happened. She didn't want to. Here in Australia? Yeah, in Australia. When she goes to Bali, they pull it out of her. I remember one day we were at assembly, I hadn't heard her sing for years, and she's got a beautiful voice, amazing voice. And then all of a sudden she's on stage and she starts to belt this beautiful sounds out. And I start to cry with gratitude that this school was able to bring that out. And my other daughter, Lily, she had an amazing experience now. They've got friends all around the world. Like, it's just incredible. It's an amazing place. If you ever get the opportunity to take your kids there, do it. Absolutely. It's really good.
1: Yeah, we've spoken, we speak all the time about, you know, like school. Do we we send our kids to a regular school, a private school, public school? We don't have any kids now, but like... Yeah, you um, will though one day maybe. <laughs> when, I, when I say our kids, I'm talking about our future
0: kids, but... You must be planning it to think about that yeah, already, guys. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's a,
1: <laughs> it's a battle in the mind of yeah. like what kind of experience you want them to have um, and what kind of learning from the experience that we had at school. There was nothing wrong with the schools that we went to. Uh, had great times, great friends and, um, you know, a, a good experience. But is it a bit limiting? Is it a bit limiting in the way it's set up? I feel like you're set up for a nine to five desk job.
0: You know, mm. you're well, trained from a young age to be at a desk, really. really? Well, my son James, who's your age, he's 28, yep. he just finished uni as a primary school teacher. And, you know, he just landed a job in Ballina, which is just in Byron. Yep. So he's at home in our hometown. And um, yeah, he's really enjoying it. But he was getting frustrated through learning um to become a teacher through uni and he would challenge it all because he saw a bit about the green school and these other ways of teaching that is not offered at the moment here but i think his generation this new generation of teachers your age are coming through you you guys are going to make the shift into you know incorporating the other styles of learning into the current curriculum and make it an amazing experience for kids where kids love to go to school because you know, learning ha- happens super good, super quick, and super deep if you're loving it. No, I hope, I really hope that, that there can
1: be more of a mainstream change with with education. Mm. Um, I'd love kids to greet school with the enthusiasm that you're greeting, like you know this conversation and like yeah. your travels and your uh, your work with. You're super yeah. enthusiastic, and you can yeah. you can just see the you know the energy you bring to everything is. It's it's powerful, Thank really. Yeah. the plants. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's no secret. It's the it's it's the plants. The meditation probably has something to do yeah. with it as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that. I um, My pleasure. I, uh, I think it's in, uh, an important part of your life, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to let the listener know about that. So just to just to close out, you mm-hmm. know, you're on this tour. Mm. Where have you been? Why'd you do it? And what questions do you get from yeah. people?
0: okay the reason why i do it and the reason why i teach this but the reason why i wanted to get on the road is because it brings it back to the choice like my cardiologist said i'm going to be on meds for the rest of my life and that's cool because that's when he learned medicine wanted to become a cardiologist their focus is is to treat patients with medicine that's all they know he didn't have another option in his mind because that's all he knew and most of the, the world is like that in the medical profession. They f- medic, doctors go to school, they get two hours in nutrition. But they're not there for that. They're there to learn medicine, diagnose a, an illness and learn which medicine to, you know, overcome that. And that's their gig. That's what they're trained to do. Nutritionists are learnt to learn about nutrition. So most of these doctors don't understand that there's another route through nutrition that can actually reverse this. So I have nothing against them for having that mindset. But what I what drove me was I wasn't given that choice and then I had a vision one day. I get to speak with a lot of doctors on stage at their conventions as a as a case study of reversing disease this way. And it hit me one day when I was talking with um Dr. Kim Williams, head of cardiology in America, right? And he he planted a seed in my mind, this vision that I saw it clearly that when someone's got heart disease or diabetes or um autoimmune diseases or are overweight they sit with a doctor that doctor says to them you've got a choice we can go down the medication route and you can keep living your normal lifestyle basically <laughs> don't have to change much but these will keep you alive but there is side effects you're going to feel a bit dull and flat we might have to give you more meds but they'll keep you alive but you're not going to feel too good or you can go down the whole food plant-based diet which in many cases okay, has been shown to reverse the disease, you'll probably get off all your meds, or at least really, you know, get them really down. You will look younger, you'll get more energy, you'll lose the weight, you'll feel good, and you'll um, have all this energy and your whole world will change. You'll be able to do stuff that you thought you could never do that you could do now. But if you go down that route, it requires change. You have to change what you put in your mouth. You have to change how you live your lifestyle but that's hard to do at the start because you're so addicted to the old way so we've got a process in place a program in place that can help you through that until gonna, you develop then you have it i was gonna say the doctor
1: then says but it's okay because we've got a bloke by the name of adam Guthrie. he <laughs> could do that, <laughs> that, we can, but, that we me. Can, but i
0: hope it's the government does it right right you know and I'm really hoping, but yeah, people can do that with me now. We do that. Doctors well, do send them to me. We, <laughs> s- we spoke
1: with a, uh, a doctor in California and she teams up with a, a nutritionist
0: uh, pair. What a, what a combination. Totally. Doctor to plant-based nutritionist. Yeah. But I'll keep or even lead. get a doctor like Jonathan Hoare who yeah. actually does both. You know, Absolutely. So the, um, but that was my vision. I want that because I wasn't given that choice. I wasn't given the choice. So I want more people to know there is a choice because the medical system's not sharing that. So that's why I make these classes super cheap. They're 22 bucks, Right. And they get dinner and for that and three hours of information on, on what a whole food plant-based diet is and what it looks like. And bargain. we get to taste it. It's a bargain. Yeah. But I want as many people to know that here's an option. Go to your GP and talk about it um, to plant the seed in their mind and, mm. you know, go down that path. So my vision is one day that will happen. And guess what? That was five years ago I got that little glimpse of that vision. I've got a mate in Byron um, who's a, a, a dietitian. And it's Josh. He's on, um, he's actually uh, in the magazine, the last couple of issues. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, Adam, it's really interesting. The last four months, he said, when the doctors send patients to me, it'll have on the piece of paper heart disease, or uh, I'll say high blood pressure, whole food, plant-based diet, type 2 diabetes, whole food, plant-based diet starting to happen
1: that's yeah. so good
0: yeah and i just want and that's why i'm doing it in regional areas because they don't get this information as much and they're really grateful they say adam you know thanks for coming to our country down because we never get anything like this here it's this been a great night <laughs> beautiful yeah so that's why i'm doing it i've been from byron i drove all the way down to torquay victoria did one down in anglesey and then um did one in Melbourne, and then where do I go from there? Melbourne. Beachworth. Beachworth. Someone just rang and said, Adam, you know, will you stop into Beechworth on your way back through? And I said, yeah, okay, no worries. We had 10 people. It was incredible. And then from there, I went out to Griffiths because my sister lives out there and my mum's out there. Um, now she used to live in Bury. And then, um, and then I went over to Canberra, Did Canberra, Jindabyne, Bega, Naruma, just uh, an hour the other night. Jeringong here, and then Wollongong tomorrow. Tonight is Wollongong. Tomorrow night's Sydney, and then um, Central Coast, and anyway, all the way back to Byron. Right. You got no. it. And so then I'm going to do it elsewhere around the country. So stoked! You chose
1: regional areas for that very reason. You know they mm. don't get as much, and it's not as popular. So the mm. the environment, the people, they're not they're not there. The community's not there yet. But you're able to to start that and give them the tools to go home. And, um, and do that. So how do people find you? How do, how do people find you if you're going to be in their area?
0: It, well, Facebook's been amazing. Okay. Like, um, I was actually talking to people about it recently. Like in the old days, if I had to do this in the 90s, okay, it, it would cost a fortune to do it because you have to be radio ads, paper ads, you know, all this sort of stuff to do it. But I just make an event in Eventbrite. Okay, which is a platform that has events and people register that to get notifications when events are in their area. And you just convert that event into a Facebook event. And I don't know, it just spreads. <laughs> like, and the, the classes fill up. I have no idea. That's all I do. I, I haven't even run a Facebook ad. Crazy. I've, I've ran, I ran two Facebook ads, like 20 bucks. Um, and then I realized I actually didn't even need to spend that money because I was just filling just through, I guess I was there. No, that's it was weird that's all I mean it's it's cool that you're putting it out there mm. and
1: people are you know people yeah. are coming to yeah. it's um,
0: the interest is amazing every single place is booked out every yeah. single one and some of them have been booked out two or three weeks in advance and even tonight one's booked and I'm you know, this morning I've still got. P- can you let me in? Can you let me in? Like the, the the interest in this way of eating and living has really surprised me on this tour. I didn't realise there's so much interest, and it's a combination. There's young vegans, and then there's people that are in their 60s that ha- are sick. You know, they're on medications. They've got high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type two diabetes, they're overweight, and they're sick of feeling sick, and they're starting to look for answers. And this way of eating. I, that's what i do so, yeah, i'm not a doctor um, i'm not a nutritionist i'm a chef with a certificate in plant-based nutrition the plant-based nutrition certificate allows me to teach people what a whole food plant-based diet is and how to incorporate it into your lifestyle i can't diagnose and i can't prescribe so i just teach people the practical s- skills i teach them this is what it is and this is how you make it and this is how you make it easy and start eating it and you'll feel good and you won't want to stop <laughs>
1: and you're the walking example of you know what can be what can be done on a on a whole food plant based diet. I think it's a good place to to wrap it up today. I've really loved meeting you and hearing your story and to see what you're doing for for people um you know in Australia and around the world is is really inspiring for us as well to to go out there and continue what we're doing to to bring conversations like this one to to the listeners back at home. Um, I just want to add in there that Adam does have two websites, adamguthrie.com and also ifeelgood.com.au. Correct. Uh, So go check them out. Um, And as we spoke about before, there'll be a 12-month subscription for, for anyone listening to the podcast. So go and get that done. Uh, for some new recipes, there might yeah. be some Aussie-inspired recipes in there. I think there's yeah. a pie in there, guys. So. Yeah,
0: and I make it for Aussies now. I used to do it for the, the American mar- guys, but now I've just There's so many Aussies, are, you know, want this information. So I'm just making my recipes Aussie recipes. Beautiful. Well, <laughs> for you American listeners, go and get some good
1: Aussie plant-based <laughs> food in your life. Adam Guthrie, thank you very much, man. Uh, it's been it's been an awesome experience, and um, yeah, hopefully we can link up again. Uh, one day in the future
0: we will Matt and thank you man what you're doing with this podcast I've been watching you you know the people you're getting on here and chatting with it's super inspiring keep going with it the message needs to be shared and you're you know one of the people that have been put in a position to do that so thank you for doing the work cheers mate thank you very much we'll see you guys
1: hey guys how are you? what did you think truly amazing right to go from having a heart attack to training two years for and completing an Ironman race, not without its t- its setbacks, uh, it's nothing short of amazing. Adam is a fantastic person, so please go and find him at adamguthrie.com and also at ifeelgood.com.au, where as listeners of the show, you'll be able to get 12 months of his online magazine for free. A huge thank you to Adam uh, for that promotion. You can find more details on the Instagram page. So please go to VegTalk. That's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K on Instagram. Uh, There's some amazing whole food plant-based recipes and interviews with really inspiring people uh, to get through on his application. Uh, So I think you'll thoroughly enjoy the free subscription that he has put up on offer. If you have any questions from today's show, Uh, Please head over to VegTalk on Instagram and drop me a direct message. It's awesome to hear your feedback and I love seeing the screenshots shared on your social media accounts and really appreciate your support. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be hearing from the co-founder of Vegan Fast Food Chain here in Australia, Lord of the Fries, Amanda Walker, and also the British brothers who have recently moved to Melbourne, the Holt Twins. So until then, guys, you know the drill. Keep it plant-based and have a great week.